Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, the hot block commander. right now staring this big 767 alone until my late brothers get here but it's all good I'm ready to do this everybody um in the chat room right now because I don't have anybody to check off on so let me know if everything is clear make sure you can hear me um I want to make sure that I'm not choppy especially since you know I'm on here by myself for a few minutes. So let me open up this chat room real quick before we get everything started, uh, just so I can know what's going on. But anyway, uh, welcome to another show. The NBA playoffs are underway. So of course, we're going to talk more hoops, just like we did last week. But we also got to talk the return of Tiger Tiger Woods, (laughs) y'all. So make sure you keep it locked right here. As we talk about this and everything else happening in the world of sports, look, man, if you want to get in on the conversation yourselves, just make sure you get in the chat room, the JW Philly Realty chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room, or join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. You can also call us directly in about two minutes when we open up the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. But before we get started, as I tell you every week, just make sure that during the week, <clears throat> excuse me, when we're not live on the air, you check out archive episodes of our show. I'm at WarRoomSports.com, the War Room Sports mobile app, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spreaker, Blog Talk Radio, Google, and most other places you do your podcast listening. Um, man, it's been an eventful week on all fronts. Um, I know the people, uh, the, the GOT, the Game of Thrones people, are really excited. It's like a whole new world. They waited almost two years for that to come back for the for its last season. And boy, has the excitement been off the chain, especially on social media. Um, myself, not a fan of the show. Not I'm not gonna say not a fan. I just don't, you know, I haven't watched it, so I don't know about anything. But I actually tuned in for, you know, the episode that came on this past uh weekend. And and that was odd. You know, everybody who I know who watches the show, uh, Jimmy the Blueprint included, you know, were telling me, oh, I know you were lost. But, you know, I wasn't really tuning in to try to catch up on eight seasons that I never watched. I just wanted to, you know, I didn't have anything to do. So I decided to go ahead and check it out. And it's hard to be completely lost in today's day and age because because of social media, I pretty much know everything that's going on in that show anyway. 
So, you know, just watching one episode this late in the game and being privy to a lot of Game of Thrones conversations, um, it wasn't terribly hard to follow. I will admit that I fell asleep, but it had nothing to do really with Game of Thrones. It has everything to do with the fact that, you know, I'm on old man status right now. And every time I sit down and try to watch something, um, that's pretty much what happens. So, uh Game of Thrones peeps, don't take it personal because it was not personal. Um, not a knock against your show. I just, you know, it just happened that way. And I'm trying to get this chat room open right now. I'm having sort of a difficult time. So who knows if everybody out there can even hear me. I usually check off on my people in the chat room to make sure that everything's going right as far as my audio is concerned. But since I, I'm having issues getting the chat room open, I don't even know if that's the case or not. So bear with me here. Hopefully everything is good on the audio side. Hope, hopefully you guys aren't sitting there listening to a bunch of um, chop chop while I try to get everything together. But if you do, if you are, please forgive us. Please forgive us. It is not intentional. Yeah, the chat room is doing something funny right now, so I'm not going to be able to check it off on those folks. Uh, Let's see if that works. All right. Anyway, we're here to talk sports, and what I'm going to do, I'm going to switch it up anyway. Yeah. I'm going to switch it up anyway just to make sure you guys can hear everything that's going on here. And um, hot topics today, as usual, are brought to you by my bookie. Let's talk real quick about how much money you can make betting on sports at my bookie. Man, if you're lucky, you could have won that $1.2 million that the guy won betting on Tiger Tiger Woods, y'all, this past weekend for the Masters. But I don't know if y'all got that counter. He bet $85,000 for a $1.2 million winning. But look, the NBA and NHL seasons are now in playoff mode. So if you still haven't checked out my bookie, this is a great time for you to go ahead and do that. Just make sure you lay down some dough on the biggest games in sports. Join us and thousands of other online players placing bets at mybookie.ag. You guys tired of getting a runaround from other services when it's time for a payout? That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay, no hassles. You're wasting your time betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after the game start. So join now, and my bookie will match your first deposit with a 100% bonus. 100%. Just use promo code WARROOM to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, get paid, period. What's the daily B. Austin? Be Austin in the house. All right, so um, um, my brother, my brother, my brother, my brother. <laughs> no doubt, man. Look, the 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 big cat back in the driver's seat, man. Tiger Woods wins the Masters this past weekend. This is his first major championship in eleven years, following all the the personal problems that he had, the the physical problems that he had. Um, this is his first Masters in 14 years, but altogether this is his 15th major championship and his fifth Masters win. 
Um, he's sitting currently three major championships behind the great Jack Nicholas. Yo, we talked about this for years as this whole thing broke down. Like we were privy we to everything that was going on. What, 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 were, what were your thoughts? Because I don't remember. We um, talked about it a lot. I don't remember. I think where you be? Were you one of the people that thought he was never going to win again? Of course, absolutely. I, I still can't believe. I mean, listen, this is a part of. For I, I can speak for myself, probably you as well. This to me is what sports is about. I mean, it, even it's it's in a in a in a way it's about what the human experience is about. You can look at it secularly. You can look at it sport from a sports perspective. You can look at it from from a biblical perspective. Whether you're talking about David and Goliath, the, pro- the story of the prodigal son, whether you're talking about Jamal Crawford going for 51 at 50 years old, Tiger Woods <laughs> comes back after 11 years. And, and, and listen, when you hear about the number of injuries, first of all, how you get that injured playing golf, I have no idea. But the number of injuries that he has had to battle – well, it's obvious that Tiger played more than golf. So, uh. <laughs> <laughs> well, he played too. No, I um, it's a he pull it's a couple a muscles in his favorite pastime. Fatal <laughs> <laughs> masochism. Um, I, I just I'm so I'm so happy. The only thing that would make me happier than than this would be if he did a Russell Wilson. You get it, bars. But, I mean, I can't – yo, yo, salute to him, man. It, 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 it's amazing. And, and the other thing that really is a testament to how far he's come as a human being, you remember when Tiger, used, they used to get after him because he would make so much noise cursing and being yeah. obstinate and bogering on the course? They said this win, nothing but silence. When, when, the, when the reporters came to him – Tears in the eyes and a hug for his dad, and that and that was it. Like, yo, the dude has gone through so much to get back to here, and even getting here is different than the here he was, where where he was at eleven years ago. So I, yo, I can't help but feel like, yo, I'm I'm happy for the dude, man, and and that's enough of a blunkin for me. But, yo, man, salute to Tiger. I never thought I'd see the day that you would be back on top. I never thought I'd see the day where I'd be rooting for you. But, yo, I, I can't, man. Yo, this goes up there with the 81, though. Yeah. I, everybody I, 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 uh, and, and let me know what my what my audio is doing because I'm switching back and forth. Yeah, you're um, But, um. Yeah, that's why I asked, because I thought I remembered us having some arguments when we were talking about this whole thing. My whole thing was, yeah, as good as he was, you know, back in his prime, I was just figuring there's too many golf tournaments. It's just that the odds are with him, you know, to to at least win. Like when people say he wouldn't win another one ever, I'm like, come on, he would, he gonna at least win one more. And I'm, I'm still rooting for him to go ahead and win four more. I, I, now that I pretty much don't see happening. I would love to see him yeah. win four more and just surpass um, Jack altogether because, you know, he's he's in the argument of whether or not he's the greatest golfer who's ever lived. 
but there's some straight up numbers people and they're you know they're going to be like 18 is better than 15 18 is better than 60 18 is better than 17 so you know i need them to go ahead and win that and for me it's no longer even about whether or not tiger woods is black because shout out to Skyview in the chat room. He was like, after the <laughs> Kablajian nonsense, <laughs> I can I can care absolutely less about anything that Ninja has to say or do. Um, how your daddy gonna be named Earl and you try to disqualify your blackness? And I, and I feel that. I feel that. For me, and I and I guarantee it used to be one hundred percent about that. And knowing you know the way that he. I wouldn't say he all out, straight out tried to duck his blackness, but he got to a point where he was tired of the media calling him a black golfer. And I'm like, yo, hey, that's what you are in a white man's game. Like, live with it. But yo. he didn't want to live with it. So for me, it's no longer yo, about that. God. It's more so like, it's more so be for the fact that, like, I would have never given golf a half a second of my life if it weren't for Tiger Woods. So I was like, you know, I started off rooting for the dude. I'm not going to disown him, you know. Uh, nah, his I'm, whole I'm, troubled I'm, past that, that got, you know, everything started, like, wasn't a black chicken sight. But it's all good because the Tiger was, he was being, he was being a, 100% man. He was being a player. So it's all good that there were no black chicks to be, you know, to, to fall victim to his game. Yeah, I'm cool with that. If that's what you want to do, go ahead and do that. But um, I'm rooting for him, man. It, it, but the story I mean, that you I'm, I'm, this way. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely rooting. I'm definitely rooting for him. And, and for me, sports is that one place where the racial divide and, and the conversation about white supremacy exists one million percent. But it's also a place to me that transcends all of that on 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 certain occasions, man. Like if you if you are engaged in a sport, and we playing as human beings, we playing as men. I, I you know, I can appreciate a man, a human being, or or a woman for that matter, just someone who is a master at their craft, who overcomes, who like all of that stuff moves me spiritually, and so. I can look past a lot of times, a lot of times, not all the time, a lot of times look past race. And this is one of those instances where I just see him as a participant in a, in an amazing sport, a, a sport that I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of, but I recognize the tremendous feat and, and it's to be saluted. And as I said, yo, Skyview, shout out to him. If, you know, if he goes the way of Russell Wilson, then I'll start wearing Tiger t-shirts, but I don't, you know, some of our listeners won't get it, and I'm not here to explain. Speed up so I don't have to slow down, and uh, you'll get it. <laughs> but, um, yo, man, salute to him, man. Yo, it, it's an amazing comeback. I, too, you know don't what? feel like he'll get him, man. Jack salute Luke. to Earl. Salute to Earl. <laughs> salute Earl. to Earl. Earl. <laughs> Earl push for this, man. Um, Earl, Earl, only Earl I recognize is Jr. <laughs> and Boykin. And and I didn't even get to you know because I'm not gonna front it's it's definitely a Tiger bandwagon thing. Had I been home and heard that Tiger was in the lead, you know, in the final day and had on his red shirt and he was getting it in, I would have turned to it and watched it out. You know, watched it play out. 
But um, I happened to be at the time at a, you know, seven, eight, uh, eight, eight U baseball game. So we heard the news and all the black people in the crowd were like excited. Like, yeah, Tiger got another one. And then we all stopped and, and damn near at the same time was like, even though that dude don't mess with us like that. Like, so we acknowledge it. <laughs> like, we got real hyped for a minute and then all just stopped. We literally like was like little kids jumping up and down and then stop like wait a minute like Bo don't mess with us like that. <laughs> oh my god. But um Jim Nance said that uh this is the most mem- memorable moment of his broadcasting career. That's a big deal because Jim Nance is one of those dudes. You know, he's a Bob Costas type. Like, he's one of those cats that you think of. Like, big sporting events, you hear Jim Nance's voice. Even in golf, you hear his voice. He'd be whispering, but you hear his voice. So he said, um, the on Sunday, he was like, it was the best event I've ever covered. He said, it's been 48 hours since it, since it ended. This was, of course, two days afterwards. And he said, I say, it's going to feel about the same 10 years from now. He compared it to uh he compared it to his to tiger's first major championship since i'm sorry he compared this which was as we all know tiger's first major championships since 20 uh 2008 he compared it to jack nicholas's 1986 victory um he said with one difference he said while woods was in the last grouping on sunday nicholas was ahead of another four groups so he said Sunday basically had the scene at the final hole. So it made it more dramatic because Tiger didn't go first. Like and with Jack, you know, he go in the earlier grouping, he finishes before, and then he just has to wait to make sure nobody comes up and passes him. So it kind of takes the drama out of everything. But um, but um, this one, since Tiger was last, you know, in the last grouping, it made it way more dramatic. Yeah, so shout out, like 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 we all said, um, it's it's good to see the dude back in the winner's circle again. Um, I said the winner's circle like he was a horse or something. Anyway, uh, your man Russell Wilson. Speaking of him, he got an extension uh, from the Seahawks. I don't know if you guys remember from last week, but Russell Wilson had given the Seahawks a deadline of like midnight, April fifteenth. He gave them a tax tax day deadline to get a deal done or otherwise he wasn't going to um, negotiate the contract any longer this year. So he got a four year, $140 million extension, $65 million signing bonus, but $107 million of the contract is guaranteed, which now makes Russell Wilson the highest paid player in the NFL. Russell Wilson, who everybody believes is a cornball brother, <laughs> he announced it by going on his live, like while he was in bed with Sierra, with like Didn't five chains around his neck. But it, it was kind of weird. Like, you know, we got a deal, y'all. Did you kind of feel like, Yo. we'll talk about the contract in a minute, but did you kind of feel like it was just too much? Like, people share too much in my opinion on social media like no matter how famous you are I don't really need to see you and your lady laid up in bed 
I don't even know if you had clothes on because what we saw, you know, we saw covers and we saw skin. So I'm like, is this too much? Like, all right, man, you're rich. Well, I mean, if you want to to take the context conversation to there, yeah, of course, everything is too much. These, everybody, everybody under the age of 35, for real, for real, based on social media, is corny. Like you're all corny because you're you're at some level you suffer from what the uh, great poet and philosopher uh, John Jackson, aka Fabulous, said. Like money ain't the root of all evil, attention is. Like that's mm-hmm. that's what that's what we're dealing with. So that's what that comes from. Like with with Russell and Russell is one of those people where at this stage of the game. I feel like sometimes, based on the Cornball Brother label, he feels like he has to validate his coolness. You know, I don't want to say validate his blackness because, you know, he did a revolutionary act, which you and I know what it is, but we, we, we won't get into that. Like, he did a revolutionary act. Most brothers aren't, aren't up for, so salute to him for that. But he knows the perception of him is that he's the corn he's He's the cornball brother. And so I think he, he overcompensates for that. But just generally speaking, the world is too enamored with giving us a view into their lives via social media. Like, it's stupid. The world, Craig. So, the world. The world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but Salute to Sierra. I wish I could have seen her goodie. Being, <laughs> being bars. Being, you know, giving a view, being semi-transparent, like, that's one thing. But, you know, I, I can't see, like, there's no way on God's green earth that you're ever going to see me in any videos on social media laying in the bed with my wife with, you know, just skin showing. Like, it's, it's I don't know, man, it's getting weird. Like, I don't live, you know, just like you and, and both of us, we haven't. and decades we don't live where we're from so you know a lot of people even ask me that like you know why you post your kids so much on social media because a lot of their family would miss them growing up if not for that you know what i'm saying so right right. that type of thing is is kind of what kind of the main thing that i use it for now if it's not related to to war room sports but yeah, some people just be doing way too much. Like, we don't need to be in your bedroom. Shout out to you. Congratulations for, for, for getting that money, being the highest paid player in NFL history. Now, that title, you, we know that comes with whoever gets the contract last. So yeah, that's whoever goes after cool. Russell Wilson will be the highest paid player in NFL history. But what do you think of his contract in comparison to what you think of him as a quarterback and a football player? Um, it's a, it's an interesting question. Um, I, I, I think that Russell Wilson is borderline elite and it's not, it doesn't show in all the numbers. It doesn't show in all the numbers. Um, but he's more than just a running quarterback, a game manager, as some people try and make it out. Like his efficiency, his efficiency is crazy. Now, is he a pure passer of the football? 
No, but we live in a day and time and age where you can get it done as a pure passer, but you can also get it done as a Russell Wilson type of player. And so I think for for the lane that he occupies, he's he's relatively he's a, he's he's borderline elite. So I'm okay with the number on the contract because comparing guys in his lane, I think he's been way more instrumental in victories and winning than other guys that may put up, you know, huge numbers. Like compare him to a Matthew Stafford. Matthew Stafford is not a bad quarterback. In fact, he's he's elite arm talent, but he's not the performer. He's not the clutch performer that um, that Russell Wilson is, you know. And then you're looking at other guys, you know, when 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 Sam Bradford can get twenty one million a year, then why not Russell Wilson? You know, that's kind of my my take. Right. I mean, for me, I mean, and last season, you know, the dude had 35 touchdown passes. He had 34 the year before. Um, he's never going to give you the, yeah, he's never going to give you the super high yardage that you're looking for. I think um, he has been a 4,000-yard passer before. He had two seasons where he, you know, just went over 4,000, almost hit 4,000 the year before. And last season, it was around 30 four, almost 3,500 yards, um, but at a 65.6% completion clip. Um, so, yeah, I've always thought that the way a lot of fans viewed Russell Wilson, you know, I've, I've always thought he was a little bit overrated for the way that they view him. And, you know, in this league, and not even just in this league, just in this society, the way people are, you know, once you get that Super Bowl ring, um people just look at you differently, not even taking into consideration how it was accomplished. Because back then, Russell wasn't really, you know, the catalyst for the team. It was it was the defense. And that Super Bowl was decided long before dude even threw for 50 yards, let alone the, the 200 that he ended up getting. But yeah. since that defense has started to dissipate, like you go from, years maybe 2015 to last year 2018 like this team doesn't stand a chance without Russell Wilson and things he does especially moving he, outside he of the pocket and plays yeah plays he definitely he definitely makes plays either with his legs or escaping the pocket and looking downfield um I, you know is he top 5 absolutely not absolutely is he top 10 eh, some years some years he's, he's he's top ten. Some years I would put him as high as eight or seven or eight. Other years not so much. But I I understand why this contract came, and I'm okay with it based on where I see other guys ending up with more money or or equal money. And it's like this is you know this is what the market is in this day and age. So I'm not I'm not mad at it in hell the guy that some Eagles fans consider the greatest Eagles quarterback of all time, which clearly isn't the case, he never passed the 4,000 yards. So, you know, we've seen guys that are considered <laughs> elite can't hold a candle to Russ. You know, so yeah. I'm and all okay. When you say that out loud, though, you're going to have to say, well, football has changed in game now, but they're going to forget how they used to clown because Andy Reid would never run the ball. 
even when we had good run backs, he would never run the ball. Yo, you know, people would drop their ball back 50 times some, some game. Yeah, so so shout out to Russ and, and Sierra and Little Future and their other kid. Um, you know, Future <laughs> been getting hammered on online ever since this happened. Um, but his son, you know, in the photos of them signing the contract together, he looks happy. <laughs> a, a very rich father. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? And I don't know if this was real or not. <laughs> but I heard a few weeks ago that Sierra and Future were beefing because Sierra wants to change Little Future's name to Russell Wilson Jr. <laughs> Yo! Oh! I hope that's not true. Because I've seen, like, I think in yeah. this instance, like, I'm pretty sure Future's, a, you know, probably not the great greatest dad. But it's, I, I find myself defending dude sometimes because it seems like he really trolls with this situation. I've I only saw that report once, and it was a you know those websites you never heard of. You know, they would kill the future. That would be the ultimate troll move. Like you would have to. Yeah, that yeah, would disrespect. You're at the OJ somebody. <laughs> like, come on, you can't do that. <laughs> yo, yo, that's the OJ. That's the OJ. You can't do that. We're not saying we condone it, but we understand. <laughs> but like, the OJ. You can't do that, man. You cannot do that. All right, so let's go to the phone lines real quick because this next segment is going to be quite interesting. So let's go to the phone lines. We got the homie uh, Tobias on the line calling him from Arizona. What up, Tobias? Roll down. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What's good? How are you? Man, if I had y'all hands, I'd cut mine off. But uh, here's the thing, <laughs> man. <laughs> All right, first is Russell Wilson thing. It's all you're right. When you win a Super Bowl in the NFL, you're a made man. He has a Baron Roethlisberger type career, where it's that you want this for your quarterback, where he didn't have to be the savior day one. Had a great defense, damn good running game with Hall of Fame running back like Ben had with those things, and so he was able to grow. So once those the defense and the running back gets old. He he able to be ready to perform and be that guy, and many young quarterbacks don't have that luxury. And I think, and who knows how Russell Wilson would have been if he was throwing and say, "Hey, you have no defense, no running game, and an idiot coach, go for it." And 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 I, and I it's same you know, and and I think that helps. But you had to pay the man. You got to say, Jimmy. Yep. Gee, with that a half year of playing football. To get $27 million a year, Russell Wilson should get that money. Yeah, that wasn't even a half a year, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, yeah. He'll yeah, play mean, a good half against the Jaguars. He gets a back deal. I'm like, but, yeah, but people mad at Russ. Smith <laughs> Roethlisberger is a great comparison, though, because they did kind of come in on the same under the same circumstances where a defense kind of carried them to their first title but they were able to learn, you know, and mm-hmm. grow in the position enough. So when that defense was no longer tough like that, you kind of assume the role of leadership and, you know, the person to, to kind of lead and carry the team. Um, Roethlisberger, of course, over the course of his career has had way more help, in my opinion, than Russ Wilson that, uh, had or has yeah. on the offensive end. So, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not mad at his, his back. 
over the last, over the last three years, over the last three years, all they do is just pick the fattest people in Seattle to go play line for them. Them dudes ain't real, ain't real football players. He be running for his <laughs> life. Scabby said defensive ends have figured out that reverse spin. It's a wrap for that. <laughs> yeah, and you know, and, uh, and like in Dallas, for example, team friendly deal. And my saying is they should have given Dak a new deal after that first year, before it, just in case, you know. And uh, so they're in a, they're in a pickle. But people tell me he should take less money to do. I don't think Dak's that good at all. But guess what? Take every dime you can get. If you can't find some offensive linemen, that's a problem. Even if you trash, you don't take less money. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Yo, I, I feel I feel him to be honest. Like Dak shouldn't take less money, but I feel like Dak is only worth thirteen million a year. If that, damn. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, Everything's bigger in Texas, even the paychecks. Yeah, Yo, he ain't listen. that good. Yeah, Yo, he ain't that good, I hope, pass, hey, uh, I hope, I hope for my Eagles' sake that they give Dak thirty-five million a year. I need them to eat up as much of that cap space as possible. Death. We should be rooting for them to give Dak forty mil. Forty yeah. mil. I need yo eat up all that cap space. Do it. And every day eat it all. Up. Cut, as a as a rival fan, every day that Jason Garrett remains employed is a great day for us. Like, <laughs> yeah, because the, it oh, still got to pay Zeke, Amari Cooper. I know Dick, uh, Demarcus Lawrence got like twenty something million. There's all these young players they got got to get paid too. So it's a salary cap league, but damn, worrying about what the team you got to worry about your own contract first because everybody else worried about theirs too. Because I'll say this. Why everybody telling the quarterback to take less money? How about the offensive lineman, the D tackle, the long snapper take less money? No one tell. It's like we always want to tell the players to take less money, but no one tells the owner to uh, to pay people more, anything like that. It's just crazy how that how they twist that narrative. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt, no doubt. So, what's your thoughts, quick on the uh, on the on the NBA playoffs? Well. That's all I got to say about this. I was looking for the Chicago Bulls. I couldn't find them. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, I think the, I think the thing is, is that because it's more the pundits want to let on. Eagle Dollar and Sean Livingston are at the end of the rope, and those two are so valuable. And they still talking about Andrew Bogut like this was 2014 over here, Andrew Bogut. Yo, uh, yo they do be acting like Andrew Bogut's going to save us. We got Andrew Bogut. <laughs> I'm like, hmm. bruh. Because, because see, here's the thing. See, people get hurt. Boogie, because if you miss your shots, you could dump that ball down to Boogie, and he could get you some buckets. You know, and I think they act like this is at the same team. Houston has some horses that can run like Fareed, who may not be a scorer, but his style of play. He can switch on people. Capella can switch. And Clay Thompson has to work on defense because he's always on the best offensive player. And I got a hot take for you. Steph Curry maybe is the greatest three point shooter ever. But what was his great playoff moment? <laughs> um, uh, last year, last season. Oh, you mean it's it's, it's it's difficult. They I don't know. They're difficult to come by though. When this team is, I'm not even gonna say dominate though, because they've been pushed in plenty of series. Um, I don't know. 
That's a good question. It, it, I mean, and yeah, I guess and I said, the, you know the, the voters and all of that agree with you too because you know at least in the finals, like he hasn't won one of those yet. Like I, I still think like the first one Durant won that could have gone to either one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I'm not knocking yeah. Steph for not having a Finals MVP, but I think that you know by not having one, that's kind of showing you that his moments, his individual moments, are probably lacking in the playoffs. But hey, he got three chips. They win. <laughs> working on it. Yeah, and that's so. the thing. Yeah. And, and, and I, you know the and like the East. I say this real quick. I help on the East real quick. The Warriors, you can push them around. You just got to make people that make those shooters work on defense and just muck it up. And I think Houston could do that. But I think in the East, I think, uh, like, you don't know until the next round because those first-round series, the Philly one's going to be a close series. And I, I don't think y'all got Brett Brown going to make it the next year, to be honest with you. But, uh, <laughs> but, but I think they need a coach who's a leader of men, who will te- make, make sure Ben Simmons is in that room. Do something to help Joel Embiid physically. Like, maybe hire the Phoenix Suns trainer. <laughs> you know, something. Because the team has talent. Elton Brand's a sharp GM. But I so think far. they need a real veteran who, who's a leader. Yes, yeah, they need a veteran who's a leader. I'm going to tell you well, something. They, they, they were getting that with, um, with Jimmy. <laughs> I guess they weren't paying attention. <laughs> I don't I don't wanna disrespect the I don't wanna disrespect the Warriors as the champions, you know, and a team that has won three like I, I see the chinks in their armor, but you still got to go and beat the chance. And as mm-hmm. as much as we see the ability of the Houston Rockets, I I'm still not in a place where I can forget the fact that I have seen James Harden go from being a descendant of Michael Jordan to I don't know what that was. Chief I, I, I've seen, huh? <laughs> I've Chief seen Bogan. I've seen James Harden nut up and and just lose it all. So it's like I don't want to I don't want you know I don't want to crown the Rockets before seeing them do yeah, the work. And you got to keep Chris Paul healthy. Like, Yo, you know, the other problem is I got every run? year he's on his last just don't know it. Yo, he injured. Y'all just don't know it. <laughs> you know what? I'll say this and I got out Ron kind of yak other people. The Rockets' problem is analytics. Now, analytics is great. Don't get me wrong. But if the three point ain't working, the mid range ain't that bad. <laughs> you know? And I think that they only shoot threes or lay up and dunk. So it's actually easy to defend them because that's why the Spurs used to always beat them because they run them off the three point line. Cause they know they're not gonna take a mid-range jumper, and you got a big man in Tim Duncan waiting on you, and so that is their Achilles' heel, and that's why I think Chris Paul is important because he will take that mid-range jumper, and he will also rough up Steph and make things difficult because Steph, when he's going, he will hot dog on you, but if he ain't got it going, he ain't hot dogging. You gotta rough him up, and I think Chris Paul is that tight, but if he ain't healthy, they ain't got a chance, man. Yeah, yeah, always. I mean, people would thought maybe last last season had he been healthy for that for that game seven that they might have won. Like, I don't know. I, I was yeah, personally hey, of the he, opinion he, like they had a better shot with him not playing. But <laughs> hey, 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 you guys take it easy. And Draymond Green, you're open for a reason, my man. 
Take it easy, guys. <laughs> All right, man. Talk to you next week. All right, Later. Skyview in the chat room said, I'm unequivocally, unequivocally a Sixers fan, but Ben Simmons better get a jump shot before he starts talking ish about the fans. Man, if y'all don't come up with something new, <laughs> like, that is such low-hanging fruit. Every time somebody wants to say anything about Ben Simmons, he ain't got a jump shot, okay, and he's still out here getting 20-point triple-doubles. Like, you know what, and, and I talked about it today. Be you know what it what what it seems like with the Sixers and the the talking heads even the fans. Do you realize two two seasons ago and and beyond like two seasons to the last six seasons, the Seventy Sixers were the laughing stock of the NBA. I know so, I've been in some of those games. So you know Joel comes like two seasons ago, plays a half a season shows. Flashes sold some promise, but they're still they still stink. They're still a laughing stock in the NBA. Enters Ben Simmons, his first year playing, and I'm not putting it all on him because that's ridiculous. It's a, it's a team game. Him along with the health of Joel and B, you know, um, they were already rolling and then made some late season additions with the shooters and all that kind of stuff. Like these dudes win fifty, what was it, fifty two games last season in his first season as an NBA player. People judge the Sixers because, and I, and 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 even they're complaining. I think it's a compliment to guys like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because people are already judging them as if they're year vets. People are already losing. Pace. Like two seasons ago, we weren't the laughing stock of the NBA. Two seasons in, and the playoffs aren't even over yet. But you know, let somebody lose a game. They lost game one, so the the the, the bottom falling out. But people talk about, especially Ben Simmons, as if he's been in the league for like eight years. Yeah. Newsflash, everybody. Some of the greatest players of all time in their second season wasn't on their second 50-win season. A lot of these dudes were scratching and clawing to try to get 30 to 35 wins. LeBron James didn't make the playoffs until his third season. Kobe Bryant didn't get off the damn bench until his third season. (laughs) Like, Michael Jordan was getting his butt whooped easily in the playoffs in his first few seasons. Like, they, they in, in one year, they went from the laughing stock to 52 wins and a second-round exit to, uh, you know, the Boston Celtics. Third season, they grab a couple more people, and people are, like, they're judging these dudes like they're six- and seven-year veterans. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't think, because somebody told me earlier, like, well, they grabbed Tobias and and Jimmy, so, you know, everything was right now. Okay, Elton Brand might be thinking, yeah, it's right now. We need to make a, a, a run at this. But, that's again, that's complimentary to dudes like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid. You're asking a 22-year-old. You know what I'm saying? Of course, low-hanging fruit, Ben Simmons don't have a jump shot. Okay. But there's 80 million other things that are done on a basketball court, and he does most of them very well. And he's one of those rare talents, hard to find, but people are just so, you know, they so want to hang on the, the low hanging branches. He don't have a jump shot. Okay, but why can't they stop him? <laughs> why does he almost average a triple double, you know, for the for the entire season? Okay. And he, he works on it. He's just one of those cats like, I'm not, he, he not on his Doc Bay. He's not practicing his weaknesses 
in games. And it's taken a little longer than a lot of people want it to take. But, you know, I've been to plenty of games. Before the games, you know, and, and shoot-arounds, workouts, he shoots threes all the time. And he makes a good number of them. But if you're not confident with it yet, yeah, why go in the game shooting a bunch of stuff that you can't shoot? You can't win with the fans that way either because then they're going to be like, why the hell he keep shooting? <laughs> why are you breaking all these threes? So, you know, you cannot please everybody. But the team has been successful um, in this short period of time with him having that one deficiency. You know what I'm saying? But Yeah, I'm going to talk about, man. I don't know. I'm going to go in another direction. You know, I, I, I hear you. And with fans, you can't win for losing, right? So if he shot a lot of them, they would be, you know, bitching about him missing. He doesn't shoot. they bitching about him not shooting. But from my perspective, if you're getting paid millions of dollars, man, at the very least, man, yo, get you get you a 14-footer, man. Get you a 15-footer. Like, I, I'm, I've always been – very but I'm not. It's not that I'm not there with you. I'm the same way. Get you this, get you that. But at the same time, it's not like because he doesn't have it yet that he's useless on the floor. Yo, the no, dude I don't was rookie of the year last useless. season. Listen, he's rookie of the year last season. Made the All Star team this season, and people are like, "Man, the Sixers need to get rid of Ben Simmons." Like, yo, we were really entertaining. Yeah, they're, 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 yeah, they're <laughs> we really true. were entertaining people talking about. You should trade Ben Simmons for, for somebody said today, and, and shout out to you know the chat, the um, the Warren's Sports Game Time chat. Somebody was saying they were talking to somebody who said trade Ben Simmons for for Booker. I'm like, first of all, this is not NBA Live '95. You can't just bring up names. Booker is making like damn near. Booker has a max contract. Ben Simmons is on a rookie contract. Now, if you're going to give up everything that he does just for somebody that can shoot that's on a max contract, doesn't play a lick of D, first of all, you can't make that trade work anyway because of the salaries. And that that tells you, like, everybody wants to be an expert, but then they're just throwing dumb stuff around. Somebody else said trade Ben Simmons for Kemba Walker. First of all, Kemba Walker is a free agent. (laughs) So unless they're they're deciding to do some kind of signing trade, you can't trade Ben Simmons for for Kemba Walker. Right. Come on, yeah. man. They, 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 <laughs> that devil Booker. Jimmy, devil Jimmy Booker. naming names. <laughs> Jimmy naming now. We're going to name names. But, yeah, it's, it's – I don't know, man. Just people just say weird things, man, but everybody's you know, an expert. Everything, for everything you say about, about Ben Simmons, what he does and the one thing he can't, Devin Booker is almost the exact opposite. Like, he doesn't do anything but score. <laughs> But it, you, you know, I ain't got a problem with scoring, but just to call it what it is, dude don't rebound, he don't defend, he don't pass, he, he dribble a little bit, but yo, yo he is smiling shoot about just <laughs> shoot. He's smiling shoot. And I'm, I'm like not a game you know, Devin Booker, he's cool. Like nah, he's cool, yeah. Like if, if, I'm all, if, I'm, I'm all somehow, for a gun. If somehow the Sixers could could swing something where Devin Booker would be the replacement to JJ Reddick if he moves on. And I'm I'm good with that. But getting rid of one of our yeah, cornerstone even, pieces for Devin Booker. I don't even know about that because Devin Booker ain't gonna share the rock. He's gonna let it fly. So I yeah. see him and having problems with other cats on the squad. So he'll be the next recipient he of not, one of them in bead elbows. 
pass the ball. Yeah, I mean, I just think the whole the whole the whole thing with Ben Simmons is a bit much. They just need something to talk about um, because, like, the NBA is mad dramatic. So every team gets its turn. They have to just be over dramatic about whatever is going on. I mean, they're in the playoffs. They've won a game. That, yo, three years ago, this team was like putrid. And you yo, have a guy who won the rookie man. year. He's an all star. He's only he's in his second year, man. Double. Yo, he's in his second year. Like, yo, he hasn't even had an opportunity to like fully enjoy an adult beverage yet. And Cat's just talking about trading him. Um, because like he he does pretty much everything on the floor. Now he does have weakness, um, which is his shot. Yo, come on, man! Like it's ridiculous. Like, yo, Aaron Nuble was once the best player in the game a couple years ago. What are we talking about? Yo, Scotty <laughs> yeah. just, just said. Yes, he has twenty point triple doubles when everyone else is hot. When they aren't, he looks like a bum. Well, pretty much triple no, doubles depends on assists. When the triple doubles depend on assists. If you throw it to somebody and they're not hot and they miss the shots, then of but course. But the whole idea of like he you're looks not going like to have the same stat line. Like, can <laughs> we not watch the defense of the basketball floor? That doesn't matter no, at all. No, Jimmy, we don't. We don't. We do not watch the defensive end of the basketball floor. You can tell by the way people talk. They don't watch Ever. the defensive end of the basketball floor. Because for his side, like, he's a very good defender. I'm not saying that, you know, some yes. of the best guards in the league ain't going to rip into him like they rip into everybody else, but he makes things hard, but and he guards his position a lot of the time. I, like, that's asking chase dudes around. What the Ben Simmons argument exposes to me is that people don't even understand the beauty of basketball because they want to simplify it, and they don't understand just him being on the floor. He makes things easier for everybody else. He's a matchup nightmare. He's a point guard. When he gets in the game Scott. and he posts someone up, they have to swing a double team so everyone gets open shots. Like so, it's not even just about statistics. It's about if you just watch the beautiful game of basketball and the chess that's being played. That's the this point. Dude, and Scotty just said he watches every single game, so that makes it even worse because now Scotty, I got a question: If you know what you're watching, all oh, you talking because about just the, like the everybody game. else is the, the lazy analysis of he don't have a jump shot. Like. <laughs> Like Come it's on, crazy. Man. Like the game of basketball, the game of basketball is literally like move chess. I was watching him last night, and I was just like, it was crazy when I was watching um Utah and Houston. So, you know, just watching them trying to stop hard, different things they're trying defensively in terms of zone, um, and the way Houston spreads the floor and just makes the small plays. Like the nuance of the game is beautiful, but people just want to narrow it down to he can shoot, he can't shoot, he didn't make this. Like it's not. It's just it's irritates me to the point where I don't even want to talk basketball because it's so much more than that. And he adds so much to the team. It's the reason he was the number one pick. He's rookie of the year. He's an all-star. Jimmy, they won 50 games in his goddamn rookie year. And the only changes to the team were him and J.J. Reddick. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, it's it's ridiculous. Like, it's really ridiculous that we even have to have this conversation because three years ago, this, like, <laughs> yo, are we? Oh, never mind, man. Go ahead, beloved. All right. We're the, the stat <laughs> of the week. Jimmy, we're going to save Molly, Molly crossover for another time. The stat of the week, man, goes – it's in this this series. Um, the third quarter of game two, Sixers and Nets, the Sixers scored 51 points, which kind of blew the game open for them because they were only up one point at halftime. Now, this 51 points ties – um, a playoff high for a quarter. Um, it ties Jimmy's 
Los Angeles Lakers. I forgot what um what uh year that was. But um yeah, the the Lakers held the record before the 76ers tied it. Um it was uh, March 31st, 1962 is when the Lakers had 51 points in the fourth quarter against the Detroit uh Pistons. So yeah, this series has been getting a little bit uh chippy as well because our um quote of the week is also from that one. And this is probably something Skyview would, would agree with. Um you could tell me, yeah or nay, Skyview, if you agree with Jared Dudley's quote. He said Ben Simmons is a great player in transition. And once you get him into half court, he's average. Um coming from Jared Dudley, you know, all four point nine points, two point three rebounds of him. A shout out to Jared because he's respected in the league. Um, and sometimes you got to shoot the messenger. Um, and a lot of people actually agreed with this sentiment. But it, this is another thing that's it's definitely opinion based. It's not factual because, um, of course, I went and looked it up, and eighty percent of Ben Simmons' points comes in a half court set. So you know, twenty percent in transition. That's good. That's you know, that's that's it shows that you are elite in transition, but to say that he's average, <laughs> okay, he might not be in the half court what he is, but like, that's another thing. Like, if you say that, then you definitely have, like, Jared Dudley need to get in the film room a little bit more. Because this dude makes things happen. I'm not saying he doesn't have Of course, you got the low, you know, the, the J thing. I think he picks the ball up a little too much, um, you know, but he can do that at 6'10 and not get in the same trouble that, you know, a six-foot point guard would because as soon as they pick it up, the defense is swarming and turnovers might happen. Go ahead, Jim. My bad. First of all, first of all, as you pointed out from the earlier, that's just statistically inaccurate. So it's a flat-out lie um, when a guy only scores 20% of his points um, on a fast break. Second of all, yo, you're deadly. Um, and the fact that you said this ruined the other quarter that I thought was going to be the quarter of the week, which is I'm Kevin Durant. Um, so I'm mad at him for ruining the quarter of the week. But, you know, you're Jared Dudley. Go back to that again. And you're wrong. I think it's, you're just flat out wrong. I also want to point something else out. 62 Lakers team, um, that's when Elgin Baylor was in his prime, And Elgin Baylor averaged like 38-19-5 that season. <laughs> Got it. You know, 51 points is a lot in a quarter. Um, and this before, apparently before he came. Became, before he became a dude with a dry jerry curl, but that's either here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Kev's still pleading his case. Bruh, I play point guard. You cannot be disrespected like that. This guy has to have a jumper. Okay, we get it, Kev. He has to have a jumper. But he's been in the league yeah. for two seasons. And the Sixers have won 50-plus games in both of those seasons. So since you've been a Sixers fan since 1776, that you keep telling us, tell me the last time the Sixers had a 50-win season. And they just came off Yo, two I've of them. Seen, I, we I, can't I, do I've anything seen, to Sixers seen, fans but complain about it. This is what we do. I've seen Rondo <laughs> win a title. I've seen Rondo, I've seen Rondo win a title and make it to another title. And, and, yo, he still can't shoot to this day. So no, this whole thing, if you no, need this, no, and also give him a chance to develop. And I, Yo, I Jimmy, see that kid Jimmy. come in, not be not be able to shoot, and then by the time he finished, he was one of the uh, the, the, right. the most highest uh, scoring three point shooters in the game. 
That's a and great point was, about Rondo. And, and, and he didn't have a J in his second or third season. Jason Kidd. I saw, Rondo, I saw Rondo. I saw Rondo take over a game with no J and score forty-five in the playoffs with no J. So you know, Rondo again, a formidable three. Ain't nobody respecting what? Rondo's jump shot because no, you leave somebody no, open and they make it. Yo, with, yo, and plus yo, what we're not we're yo. not even realizing here is Ben Simmons doesn't even take him. So yo, like I said, you I don't see know him shoot. If if he's gonna shoot the open three, yeah, he'll make one once in a while like Rondo does if he shoots it, but he's not yo, even Ray shooting Ray it. Ray on Rondo. Rayon Rondo cannot shoot better than anyone on the War Room Sports Podcast. Yeah, I said it. He can see me about no. it if he needs. No, he definitely can't better than me. But I'm ain't bragging. It ain't nothing. Rondo, Rondo, Rondo uh, had a lot of success in the league. I, like again, Jason Kidd. My other uh, comparison point: the fact of the matter is, he in his game, and by the time he finished, he was one of the time leading three point shooters when he couldn't shoot to save his life in his first or second or even third season. Yeah, he top ten. Until he got until he got some Tony Braxton games, he didn't even care about shooting. Uh, so, so at the end of the day, man, all I'm saying is get this kid a chance, man. Like the the, the overreaction is kind of crazy. Like two back to back fifty win seasons, and there was more complaints now than when the team was like going through the process. <laughs> well, say we didn't, but that's the thing, man. Philly, Philly, Philly fans, no matter where they live, no matter where they're from, we can't have nice things because we're gonna complain about what they can't do. Instead of but you know what you know, it's, 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 it's praising and, and cheering you, on the it's, things it's, that people can do. It's the whole it's the whole drama of the NBA. Like I watch these series, and it, they like it, it's masterful and it's beautiful for the NBA because there's always like a storyline that goes each series. So the Sixers win this series, whoever they play next, they're going to create something. I see why. Cats like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and all that act the way they act towards the media because they literally create things. They they bring things into right. existence by putting the energy out there. Like and the energy, Jimmy, is like one over. game at a time. Like the Sixers lose exactly. game one. Oh my Yo, god, people, people's entire life. Oh, Brad didn't bring these guys people, for this. <laughs> yeah, people's entire life gets judged by from game to game. It's crazy. Like I see when like with Shaq and Kobe, how they talk about uh how their stuff. They had a little tension, but the media made it like. East Coast, West Coast beef. Like they literally <laughs> just create this drama because it, let's, let's face it, this is this is part of the reason yeah. people love sports. Um, it's it's no it's no more drama, not drama on TV like it is in sports. And a lot of it is created. A lot of these like fake beefs, like stuff don't even be real, man. Like it's it's crazy to see, man. Like because when you think about the fact that this team, where this team was, and where they are now is just him walking on the floor, and we're talking about trading them. It's ridiculous, man. It's ridiculous. For Devin Booker, he never won 19 games in his career in the season. Like, come on, man. The one trick pony. But this is why I know for a fact people don't appreciate the beauty of the game. Not that they don't love the game. People love the game, but it's like, yo, it's so much. This reason we call this thing of ours, basketball is so beautiful when you understand the nuances of the game. when you understand, understand that, you basically you saying, Jim, when you go day, when like, you go deeper than the sensational parts of the game. Like when you watch a guy like Rudy Gobert, who really can't play basketball but dominates games because of the, the what he brings to the table. I but think I think effort, that's impressive to me. 
To be honest with you, that's one of the reasons why I like the huge Magic fan and even third fan because they're the first guys I've seen dominate games without even having a score. When you can dominate oh, yeah. a game without having a score, that's scary because that means if you ever become a deadly scorer, you know, it's it's, it's a wrap. Like so, I don't know, man. It just bothers me, man, because I appreciate this game because I see I see all the other stuff. Yeah, I'm telling you, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if he made third team all defense this year. Our listeners are naming a whole bunch of gunning, a whole bunch of gunning ass dudes that don't win. So they rather have a gunning ass dude that doesn't win because it looks more conventional than a guy that has, you know, maybe uses a bow and arrow, but a bow and arrow is leading to wins. <laughs> Booker gonna get you fifty while yeah. you're using bow. good. We got a bunch of people. We got a bunch. Of we got a bunch of people, and this is no shot to nobody. But this is, we got a bunch of people that would rather have Andy Wilkins than Larry Bird. Oh yeah, I, I, I could be like Jimmy you know, when I could name at least twenty names. I'm like, yeah, yeah. People tell me how much hoops they watch. I'm like, but are you really watching? Are you sitting there going, ooh and ah, because somebody can jump and somebody can shoot? <laughs> it's a whole lot more to win. Yeah, you might as well watch track and field. Y'all might as well right. watch track and field, man. We were gonna um talk about we really we weren't really gonna talk about it. We were just gonna throw shots at the fact that everybody gets excited when the NFL schedule never understood that. I don't know about you fellas. You got everybody out here predicting wins and losses for their teams and the draft hasn't even happened yet. You don't even know who the hell's gonna be on your team this year. Um the Cardinals out here making schedule like schedule release hype videos. Like telling everybody that they're playing, like the Cardinals are coming. Yo, nobody fears the Cardinals. Like, come on, man, everybody like here. Yeah, that's a win. That's a win. <laughs> that's a win. Like, who cares? So it's it's crazy. I mean, it just shows you once we get to this point in the off season how much people miss football because the release of the schedule excites people. For me, the release of the schedule, all that does. Tell me, okay, you know, what city I might be in on a certain date when I do one or two trips for the year. But I'm not like – I just don't get the hype, the hypeness about it. I don't even watch preseason football, though, so I might just be different. <laughs> it's, it's like it's like we just talked about. It's a, it's a, it's a selling these sports, man. Yeah. We're getting to Here we point, go. Skyview says, speaking of Dominique Wilkins, how did court put Bob Pettit above him on Atlanta's all-time list, FOH court. Uh, I agree with it. <laughs> go go now now that you said that, Scott, you go Google Bob Pettit's resume. And I'm not talking about his stats, but if you just want to go Google their stats, those those are better as well. As he averaged for his career, 26 and 16. But go Google their resume. Bob Pettit put up 26 and 16. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm a dominant man. And then we're going to talk, you know, we can't, we can't, we can't bash people for errors. You know what I'm saying? Like, in your era, you play against who you play against. So we're not saying better. I'm not saying that if Dominique Wilkins and Bob Pettit met in, you know, a later era and played each other one-on-one, like Dominique wouldn't destroy him. But as far as greatness goes in that, and, and Bob Pettit never even played in the city of Atlanta, but he played for that franchise. 
But as far as greatness and that franchise goes, Bob Pettit is the one thing I know about. It's not even difficult. Yeah, the one thing I know about Bob Pettit, even looking anything up, is that Bob Pettit was MVP of the league twice, and I don't know if Neek got one. Um, Yo, Neek didn't have one. And Bob Pettit got a chip. I just know Dominique, but I mean his nickname was the Human Highlight Film. That that says nothing about winning. That's I really am starting to understand what kind of basketball fan you are, man. I'm really starting to understand. <laughs> Yo, Dominique Dominique Wilkins is the equivalent of Dominique Wilkins is the equivalent of Vince Carter's first 15 years. That, Bob that's Pettit, who listen, listen to this, B. Bob Pettit, NBA champion 1958. Dominique can't say that. Two-time NBA Most Valuable Player. Dominique can't say that. Eleven-time NBA All Star. He can say that. Four-time NBA All-Star Game MVP. I'm sure Nick don't have ten of those. I mean, four of those. Ten All-NBA first teams. Um, he got one All-NBA second team. He was the NBA Rookie of the Year. He was a two-time scoring champ. He was on the 25th, 50th anniversary teams. Um, Damn, Bob Pettit. He was a first-team All-American, and then he was a second-team All-American the year before that. He has 20,880 points, which is 26.4 points per game, 12,849 rebounds, which is 16.2 rebounds per game, and uh, 2,369 assists, which is three a game. Nah, okay. Listen, man. <laughs> Dominique is my Listen, dude. Man, I'm going to keep it a buck, nah, man. <laughs> I, literally, I literally back in the day bought a Dominique jersey, and he was one of my favorite players, and I literally got um, a sticky finger by telling certain people that he was related to me. So I got all the appreciation in the world for Dominique Wilkins. But 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 at the same time though, I can I can say without the shadow of a doubt, Dominique was never even the best player at his position in his entire career. Oh, he was Ever. a nine time all star. Dominique was a nine time all star. He was all NBA first team one time. Um he was second team four times. He was third team twice. He was on the rookie first team, didn't win rookie of the year. He was the scoring champion once. For all of the buckets Dominique got, he was scoring champion once. He won the dunk contest twice. That might put him over the top, huh? Okay. <laughs> and uh, he was the yeah, World League champion in never... 1996. So he went over, Yo. as Jimmy would call it, the International Drew League. He went over there and he got was one. Never, he was never the best in his position. Yo, that's a yo. yo Dominique. So Dominique's career average is 24.8 points per game, which is great. 6.7 rebounds per game, which at that, with that athleticism, average more. And uh, 2.5 assists per game. So When did yeah. he pass? Uh, there were some things <laughs> there were some things on that list that I didn't agree with, but Bob Pettit versus Dominique Wilkins wasn't one of them. And y'all know, Jimmy, you already know, I already had this, I already had this conversation this week with somebody else. So I had that yeah, stuff. I, I just feel, I just feel like um, Dominique was a great player, and I don't want to let him come off as worse playing than him because he was great. But I love me. Sometimes it gets exaggerated because he was also caught up in a time where we were, we were talking about. He played in the era where it was you know, we had literally some of the best players that whose skill set haven't been matched since. You're talking about and, and Jim. the tail end of let. I was about to say, he was also on that Atlanta team that Larry Bird gave 62, and the dudes on the bench were cheering when Larry Bird was making buckets. 
My man Meek out here getting embarrassed, and his his homies on the bench is out there cheering Larry Bird on. <laughs> yeah, that ain't never happened. That ain't happened to Bob Pettit. That ain't happened to Bob Nominee should have punched all of them in their mouth. Like, listen, he came he came along with a fan of like Doc, who's like legendary. Um, through a mag- he went he played on like Magic and Birds, like Heyday, Isaiah the Pistons, and Jordan. You know what I mean? So he, he came along, Barkley, he came along at a time where, like, you know, you got some of the literally the best players who ever played the game of basketball. And he still held his own. He's a great player. But I think that when you talk about overall greatness and accomplishments, like, if you actually look, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have the resume that some of these other cats have. And that's no disrespect because he is a third Paul. Um, but it's just that uh, he – All right, like so – he so listen, the, he there, the, there's definitely, the definitely level to this to this issue. But are, are we are we are we here saying that what uh, Skyview is doing is is basically comparing uh, Gabrielle Union's husband to Paul Pierce? Are we doing are we doing one of those? Honestly, I know that's a good that's a good point. Like, but although although to be honest with you, I, I, I ain't gonna disrespect my man Double P though. But I don't I don't know if they were in two different echelons. To be honest with you though. Um, be honest with you, like, think about it. Neek was an upper echelon. Neek was a bucket getter. Point blank period. Yeah. He was a bucket getter. He was not a winner. <laughs> he did not get recognized. Like I used to I used to fight for Neek myself. Like, yo, Neek got cheated out of being on the dream team. As I get older, I still kind of hold to it, but I, but I kind of, it's a little looser of a grip because I'm like, damn, I probably, it. because I was young, I was fooled by all the dunking and all the excitement and just assumed that Neek should be on that team. Yo, here's the thing. Neek, right. here's the thing. Career-wise, is not right? better than Scotty Pippen, I, I, but at that time, I think not. Jordan got Pippen on that team. He probably should have been that's, in that That's team. a great point. You know why that's a great point? That's a great point because he's not a better be basketball horrible. player than Scotty Pippen. That's one. For two, um, it is the, it is the highlight thing. And the only thing I can say, Nick was robbed of. He beat he beat Mike that one uh slam dunk contest, and they okay. gave Mike a fifty because they was in Chicago. Beating that. But what Even I can say is when you yo Nick, this kind of but Nick kept doing two. He kept doing the same dunk, Jim. One hand windmill to the two hand windmill. Like all right, Nick, we know. It's nice, but we know. Yo okay. yo, because though they gassed Mike up. That, first of all, Mike didn't jump from the foul line, and there was so much gas after that. That jump wasn't like. Anyway, listen though. Yo, what I can say is this: they gassed all them cats though. Doc ain't either. Yo, but Nick was damn near breaking the rim like with every dunk that jump. But but I was getting back to is the whole thing. That's a great point because it's kind of what we're talking about. Scotty did everything else better than like Scotty was a way better defender. Scotty right. probably is the best wing. Scotty probably is the best wing defender I've seen in the NBA, like ever. Yo, yo. Um, Scotty, Scotty um, knew how to control the pace of the game. Scotty was very clutch. Scotty has the single greatest dunk ever on someone. Like Scotty was a great player. He just it just wasn't like very flashy, but he did everything pretty well. And that's the yeah. thing. My argument I, to that, Jim, as a young boy, used to be like, "Oh, Nick averaged this." And Nick be doing this, and Scotty just played with Mike and this and that. But I probably was thinking with a narrow mind back then, and all I was thinking about was he don't score as much as Dominique. But even yo, back yeah, then, I mean, even with young Scotty in 1992, 
Like you said, he was doing everything else better than Neek because all Neek did was shoot, score the damn ball. I got, I got yeah, one for you. Better, better rebound. Neek or Paul Pierce? Paul Pierce. Yeah, I might go to Easy for me, man. I thought Jimmy was going to poop on him. Yeah. Double no, C. I mean, I'm not, I'm not the biggest Paul Pierce fan. I'll be honest with you, I'm not the biggest Paul Pierce fan, but I feel like over the mm-hmm. last couple of weeks, I feel like he got pooped on. Like, and everybody knows yeah. I'm not the He's biggest Paul Pierce fan sir. at all. First of all, for but being I feel himself, like, you knew what he was going to say when you asked uh, yeah. him. <laughs> I don't feel like but they Paul Pierce like is at that like, upper act. Yeah, they, they acting like, they acting like um, Wade is Jordan and Paul Pierce is like, like you know, Orlando Woolridge uh, or somebody. <laughs> yeah, so that's my thing. I, th- I think Paul Pierce is at the, the very top echelon, but he might be in the echelon right below that. So I, I would put him in the same echelon with like a, a <laughs> Yo, and even D Wade, and even and even the D Wade to be honest, I don't think D Wade is at that very very top top of the hill. That's I know the that some people, everybody some was people excited because man. I mean, because D Wade yeah. showed us what D Wade was the first time around, but it's like you know Yo. since then. You know, yo, he, he, yo, D Wade, D Wade wasn't better than AI. Now that's, that's gonna be disrespected. They're gonna disrespect my man AI. D Wade wasn't better than like AI. At, the, at that very top, is is there's only a couple people that could breathe the air at the very top, and it's a select list. And and these are people that is like, yo, like it's brainless. Like that's what you got your Michael Jordans and your Kareems and your Will. Can't you just name one name? You ain't gotta say their whole name. Like Paul Pierce still gotta be called Paul Pierce. But let's have you. We had that argument about we had that argument about Pettit. But as soon as you say Neek was better than Larry Bird, man, I'm getting a flight out the out the Vegas, man. Yeah, like, you out of your mind. Listen, you got the box. Yo, the cat the cast at the top is one is Jordan is Will. You know what I'm saying? It's Kobe, Matt, hey, uh, Bird. Hey, uh, like, they only need one name. They only, they, they only need one, Iverson. Yeah, there you go. Paul Pierce is not, Paul Pierce is still Paul Pierce. Pierce is Dwayne Wade. D, yeah, D Wade still Wade. is too many too named dude. Yeah, you gotta get you gotta yeah, it's 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 a certain First, level, man. There's only certain no, people that can be that air, man. Not on one name, dude. <laughs> Did you tell the truth, no, I don't remember. No. I don't remember the last time I said the name James. I just LeBron. LeBron. I, I remember. I remember the last time I said the name James. He got the last time I said the name James. I was talking about. Last time I said the name James, I was talking about Mike James. <laughs> Mike James, yo. And to be honest with you, man, watching these playoffs, man, your man Harden, he tried to get in that rare air, and I hate the fact that he's so good because. No, yo, I hate it, but I, yo, Harden be embarrassed. But I can't deny it. Yo, he side and shoot the joint while you touching his arm and it just go in and he fake and fall to the ground. Like, yo, he flying around so like good. a fish. <laughs> yo, <laughs> why is he so good? I mean, yo, he don't even play Larry Brown. He don't even play the right way. Like, <laughs> yo, Bulls is straight wussy, but at the same time, though, like. He's nice. damn near unstoppable, man. He's like a machine. Like he just, I just think he yo, got, you can't make him go Jimmy, right. he has offense down to a science. So yeah. what Chris he Paul is, said yeah, before, he's that's a great point. In a couple of years, it's not going to be as outlandish as everybody thought it was. Because <laughs> this dude has offense down to a science, man. 
Yo, that's it's a crazy. great point. The boy is literally an offensive scientist, man. Like he needs to get an honorary degree from somewhere. Like he's a he's a basketball offensive scientist. Like because the stuff that he, he does, Jimmy, you can't tell me that he doesn't study people. You know to do. Oh the yeah, he does. He has to. Oh yeah, he's he in the coma. Study, he clearly studied Ricky Rubio because he's taken into the shed. Like. <laughs> yo, yo, Rubio will be right there with his hands up, but it don't matter except for that one yo, time. I don't even know, ran this, but that's my point. I don't even know what they can do. Like, what are you supposed to do? Ran him out of bounds. Look. Yo, they might as well quit. Like, what are you yeah. supposed to do? Because yeah. Spider can't match that. They're literally going to waste their time. At that point, All you right, got to so, the goons and just like, trying to hurt them. Hey, hey. Anyway, y'all can check out our website, warroomsports.com. If you want to call in and speak with us about anything going on in the NBA playoffs, dial a digital extreme tech hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. Is that. <laughs> what happened this week where everybody was on the Grizzly? Why You Were On The Grind is brought to you by Sports The Book. is basically the best sports book ever written. Go to sportsthebook.com or warmsports.com. Please make sure you support Dig so you can learn some sports. But anyway, why you happen on the grind is past. Let's jump right into it. Um, more Benjamin Simmons. This story is crazy. It says that Ben, Stum- ben Simmons was out of the game on um, March 25th, and they, it was said that he had a stomach virus. But now reports are coming out that said that, um, you know, he had went out and, you know, um, <laughs> may have been drunk and had a hangover. <laughs> I know, Scott, you ain't gonna like that. Um, you know what I mean, yo, know, the the crazy part is, did y'all see when he was asked about it? Because this this report came out from, is it Chris Sheridan of the New York Daily News? So of course, yeah. you know, somebody from New York, while they're in the midst of playing a New York team in the in the in the playoffs, is gonna bring this out and talk about dysfunction in Philly. Said uh, Brett Brown is coaching for his life. Um, ben Simmons was. You know, Elton Brand wants to trade him. Um, and then he talked about this story. And when Ben was asked about it, as soon as the guy asked him about it, he had this smirk on his face. So I was thinking, like, okay, we're good. Like, he, he seems confident in the fact that, you know, it's no, it's a nothing story. But then when the when the answer came out of his mouth, I, I felt totally different. Because he was like, oh, you're talking about regular season? He's like, oh, no, no. If we ain't talking about playoffs, and I ain't talking about none of it. So I'm like, okay, this story's true. Um <laughs> But the thing is, if the Sixers know about it, which there's no way they can't, <laughs> because obviously they're saying that the Sixers are covering it up, like, but what are you really covering it up from? You're the organization. You're the ones that he would be in trouble with. So I don't really look at it as some big deal unless he continues to do things like that, continues to be some kind of problem child. Then, of course, that has to be addressed. But if the Sixers are willing to cover it up and not embarrass him with it, then I don't really see the point in what Sharon is trying to do now besides distract them during a playoff series. <laughs> you know not, what? Not defending the ball because, I mean, at least at least MJ, you know, had the gall to come out and ball while he was drunk and, you know, got, got it labeled ready, the flu I, I was, game. So. I was getting ready to say, this sounds like a regular Tuesday for AI, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, but some guys can handle this and some guys can't. Yeah, All right, so, so like, everything I've said positive about Ben Simmons, now I'm pointing a little bit, right? Because what I think is, um, and it may not even be true, because I've seen, I've seen the same thing happen with Blake, where 
people start to feel like you soft, so they treat you a certain way. I feel like people think they can get in his head. Mm-hmm. Even with the Jerry, Jared Dudley comments, I don't even know if Jared Dudley believes that or Jared Dudley believes that he's a weak link mentally, so I can say things that get him distracted. Um, the Lord can say these things that get him distracted, so time will tell. So I think there's like a, a something going around the league, like, yo, you can get in Ben's head what's going on here. Because if this happens, and like you, I don't even know if they know it. I just think they think, you know, because he light skin, that you can do that. Yo, <laughs> that's true too. Because Blake. Blake is light skin too. <laughs> I think it's Blake. I <laughs> think you soft when you light skin. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. Let me. Uh, yeah, so that might be it. Yeah, that might be it. That might be it. That might be it, yo. Anyway, man. So, so we'll see if anything else comes out of the story. It's crazy for the drop now. Um, another story that happened while you were on the grind and be awesome. I want to see what you would have done. A stranger of uh, 2K that was dropped on the San Francisco street that belonged to uh, Doc Rivers, and he returned it to him. You know, he saw Doc Rivers drop two grand, gave him the two grand back. Would you have kept the bread or no? I need two grand. My bad, Doc. <laughs> I don't care if I did sure. need two grand. I found it on the street is mine. Even if it was attached, I, I, I didn't even see the story. Like, I don't know if it was attached to a wallet. You know, if it was in a wallet or something like that. Um, you know, I returned the wallet. <laughs> the wallet. But I didn't yeah. see in the story. Mm, I, don't no know, I don't know if you gentlemen saw this. But I, look, I look for it. I couldn't find it. Did Doc give the boy anything in return? Like, you know, if somebody returned your wallet or something or something, you can like hook them up a little bit. Did Doc give me any bread? I'm looking for it now. Um, and the next, next question is this: though, If you lose some bread and somebody returns it, like, what's the standard? Like, what's the standard? Like, you know, lookout you give them for looking out? Like, is it ten percent? Is it five percent? Like, I mean, what's the standard? Um, if you drop a grand, somebody give you a grand. Would you give? It depends on what I got going on in my life. I hook them up with something. Perks of the gig, or <laughs> next time somebody yeah. gave us some hockey tickets to World Room Sports, I gave him some hockey tickets. So, no, he said, he said uh, unbeknownst to me, I dropped about two grand on the floor. He said on the floor, but at first he said I was walking down the street. This is in San Francisco. Um, he said, kept walking, didn't know the guy. Oh, so it was right there. It was like the guy tapped me on my back and said, That's your money. If I'm the guy, I would have stood over the money and just waited for him to walk farther and farther down the street before I bent down. (laughs) No, no, but on on a serious note, that one is more understandable. You know what I'm saying? You're right there when it happens. You just tap to do, yo, you drop something. I've done that. If I see see you drop it, if I see you drop it, I'm going to give it back. Even if it's your wallet, I'm going to send you your wallet back. I just want to see... I want to know where Street yeah. Doc Rivers is walking down late at in San Francisco. Like, yeah. he on, like, Hardy he's going to be dropping too. He probably was out with um, Ben yeah, Simmons. Like, <laughs> here's my thing. Here's my thing, right? I'm going to keep it a bean with y'all and the listeners, right? This will never happen to me in carry cash because if it happened to carry cash, that means I'm engaging in something in the underworld. Um, So, <laughs> with that being said, <laughs> and Doc carrying cash, and they in San Francisco, never mind. Oh, <laughs> Oh, oh! He's going to Harvey Book Club. Anyway, um, yo, listen, this is where Doc. Hey, Ryan. Doc. 
Listen, this is where this is where Doc Lyon said he didn't get the man's name or the chance to properly thank him. He said, I don't know a lot of places that would happen, but it happened today. So whoever that was, you could have had free tickets if you hadn't ran away. Like, why would you say that's your money and then book? Doc Lyon. <laughs> Doc just ain't getting <laughs> Doc was getting <laughs> a money and then you're going you're gonna to haul that. Like, come on, Doc. Doc was getting a Teddy. Doc was getting a Teddy <laughs> piece. <laughs> I ain't saying that. Is, no, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like, yo. He's in San Francisco. Doc was going to that new nightclub called Milk. <laughs> yeah, a boy ran. And, yo, that story, that story, man, something, something wrong with that story, man. Unless Doc yeah. really dropped, like, three grand. Boy gave him two back. Doc didn't know how much bread he had. That's why I do a bus while boy ran. Yeah. <laughs> or Doc might have been in a, or he might not have been outside, period. He might have been in a, a Robert Kraft situation. I'm just saying, oh, man. Man. I'm just But in San Francisco, so it's a little different. Doc was getting a Frank Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> yo, you drunk. <laughs> yo, yo, anyway, man. Let's move on. Archibald from Lady Archibald. Let's talk about the toy. Toyota engineers, they have built a jump-shooting robot. So everybody's going to um, keep messing with AI until, like, um, you know, AI takes over. But they're trying, they're trying to create AI that run rock now. Um, <laughs> That was so nice. But uh, <laughs> they built a jump-shooting robot. You know what I'm saying? Uh, maybe they can get it to work out with Ben Simmons. But uh, what you guys think about robots now shooting jump shots? Or maybe Skyview might want to sign this robot over Ben Simmons. We just wheel him out, sit him on the floor, go place the ball in his hand, let him knock down a couple games. I saw a video of this robot. They had him sitting back at like 40 feet. And, of course, he can't catch and shoot, so they got to go put the ball in his hand. But he got the ball in his hand. The joint doesn't jump or anything like that. You know, he's a robot, so his forearm's strong as hell. (laughs) He was just flat foot, Dan Marley from 40 feet. Waka. Waka. Like they weren't they weren't hitting like just bottom of the net like on some Steph type stuff, but they all were going in. So, you know, the program works. It's not perfect, but it works. So they said um, Toyota Engineering Society's Q three is a six foot three humanoid robot. And they said it reportedly hits free throws with nearly one hundred percent accuracy. They said it computes a three dimensional image where the basket is using sensors on its torso and adjust motors inside its arm and knees to give the shot the right angle and propulsion for a swish. Yo, y'all favorite players about to get replaced. It's about to be a rock'em, sock'em basketball league. How much money went into this R&D, and how is that going to improve the world? Why? I'm about to say why. Why? What are we doing here? Three-point shooting contest? All all, all the problems problems of the world. How couldn't Toyota invest in um fixing the water in Flint and no anyway. Um Because why? This is what why? Like jump shot. Why? This is cooler, Jim. This is cooler. I'm hitting saying, jump shots. I'm just saying you you wanna have a robot that shoots jump shots while people out here drinking dookie water. Come on. <laughs> um Yeah. Nissy Hustle. Robot the robot is watered up. Maybe he can generate water for Flint. Ah, see what you did there. He got that water. 
Come on, man. Toyota, man. Y'all gotta do better, man. Toyota do better, man. And I'm a I'm a I'm a fan of Toyota. I drive a Toyota. Um yeah, y'all Toyota, drive. their cars last like six hundred and forty years. But now they bored because their cars so last so long and yeah. the sales price yeah, down. So Everybody driving drawing. Toyotas so from the eighties. Like what else we gonna do? It ain't like look, nobody I, I, coming I in to buy Toyotas because they still driving the same ones from the seventies. <laughs> I know what we can do with our time. We can make a, a robot that shoots jump shots. Mm-hmm. And they got funding. They, they put R&D behind that. Come on, man. FOH. Anyway, um, let's talk about St. Nip, man. Rest in power to St. Nip. For those who don't know who St. Nip is, we from St. Nip, Nipsey Hustle. He's now um, referred to as St. Nip. So Nipsey Hustle um, is now a featured player on NBA. For what? Uh, so the, <laughs> Yo, they going real far I mean, with the Nipsey love. Why are you on yeah, they Nipsey Love is out of control. Why are you on Nipsey Like when I first heard this, I'm like, oh, they probably they put some Nipsey. All right, when if I go play uh, live, I can hear last time that I checked victory lap. And they're like, no, you can play with Nipsey. Like you can be Nipsey. <laughs> and I'm like, he didn't he didn't play in the NBA though. Like for what? <laughs> Nip, never going anywhere, man. Salute Saint Nip, yeah. man. Yeah. Yo, the marathon continues, and that's all I'm gonna say. Because Jimmy, you always talk about Tupac status, and it yeah. might be a sign of the times where it's going to, you Tupac know, he's easily, no video game. He's easily, easily surpassing Tupac because of the times we live in. It's just way yeah. more stuff to yeah. do, way more things for people to get bored. Toyota making robots with Jays. Now we got Nipsey and NBA Live. Well, that, that's because of the, the sense of our community that, that exists even online, and some will say, well, that's not a real community, but it is, but because I, I remember when Tupac died, and it, like, getting the news and sharing the news, you had to, like, get on the phone with people. You don't have right, to do that right. now, like, right. you know what I mean? It's like, you get everything in real time, you hear all these stories in real time. A lot of things surrounding Tupac and Big, we learned about later in documentaries and all that kind of stuff, like, Stuff comes out real time now, so it is one of the times, man. Um, it's definitely, definitely and also, like a lot of people didn't find also, out Tupac got shot till like the next day because that thing had to go through the grapevine. If you don't, you know, where we were at the time, college students, we weren't sitting in the house watching the news. So like, nobody saw that. Nobody heard until the next day when that phone tree got to you. Yeah, right. we literally we found out knew a minute and a half after he was shot that he was shot. <laughs> Because people we found out he was dead before he was dead. Right, right. That was that's crazy. how it is. I mean, like it's crazy. It's, yeah, people like so it is it. they hadn't even pronounced him dead yet. But, it's but crazy yo, people were literally also, on Twitter and IG like, "Yo, Nipsey just got shot like 30 seconds ago." Damn. Well, <laughs> the first thing you were. did was get on your phone, were. like, "Go help the brother." Do something. Listen, man, it's it's it's, it's one of these things where um, it is a sign of the times, man, but. It also goes goes to show you how when you're selfless and you and you try to help other people that you know what your legacy will be because people also feel like the need to praise Saint Nip because of you know um, him being selfless in certain ways. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's crazy. It, it happens with everybody. You hear stories in the Tupac saying, "Well, Tupac looked out for this person and that person." That's what matters at the end of the day. So salute Saint Nip. I know a lot of cats are going to run rock with him one. Um, I wonder what his ratings, his ratings look like. It's I 90. feel like I feel like the two ninety. He's one of the best players in the league. <laughs> he better than Ben Simmons. <laughs> he got yeah, a great I feel like the I feel like the Nipsey and Tupac <laughs> comparisons are, uh, are unfair. 
and unfounded because Nipsey did so much more. I feel like he did so much more than, than pop, like actual activity, actual, you know, getting things done. Man, Tupac talked a lot. He said a lot. He, he, he you know. You know what, though, I, I just, he, on, Tupac actually on, said though. that one day, though. Pac was like, yeah, because somebody asked him, like, where, where are you going to? He's like, Taco. Pac was like, yo, I just, you know what I'm saying? The stuff that I say can wake people up to go do blah, blah, blah. So he kind of admitted that. Like, yo, I'm just here to wake people yeah, up. Pac, Pac, like, he Pac went out said, there to, to do the work. Right. <laughs> he said, Pac I'm going to start kinda... mine. But also, Pac, what's the crazy part about Pac? And that's not me defending Pac, him. Pac actually... He said it. No, 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 no. Pac did say that. Pac said he, he said that he's going to spark your mind that'll make sense. He did say that. That's one of his most famous quotes. But also, I don't know. Yeah, mine might have been Nipsey. For real, for real. Might have Nipsey. I mean, yeah, yeah. Pac actually, yeah, listen, man. Pac walks so Nipsey can run. That's absolutely true because he was inspired by Pac. But also, the thing about Pac, which is why a lot of the conspiracies happened, there was a phone conversation that was taped. It was him and, um, uh, the, I forgot, the, the boy Monster Cody. He had a long phone conversation. It was taped. And Pac, and it's on YouTube, so you got, the people want to look at a look up Monster Cody phone conversation with Tupac. And he talks about these plans and everything he was getting ready to implement, which happened literally like a week or two before he died. And he talked about some of these things. That's what, that's what, that's what makes it crazy. And he had a whole plan about, like, listen, I'm meeting with these people. I'm getting them out. I'm setting up a little league football. Like, he had all kinds of things that he had planned. Sure, you you know. sure, get your ass in the studio. You owe me three more hours. <laughs> so then, then, you know, you know. Anyway, if not, I'll bang you and just take all them songs that you was working on that you never so put I, out. I, I, I get, I get the comparison because the one thing that Pac had and Nip had was a love for their people, and that can't be denied, and that, and that's why like people fought them the way they do because they, they openly, they openly talked about loving themselves and loving their people, and you know a lot of cats suffer from self hate, but we're going way off in a tangent. It's NBA live. Yeah. Forget what Jimmy talking about. Nip got game. He nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Salute Nip. Salute the Toyota robot, man. But Dev, give some birthday shout-outs real quick. Hold out, and the birthdays are not brought to you by anybody. So if you got a small company and you want to sponsor a segment on our show, hit us up. <laughs> Go to our website, warroomsports.com. All right, birthday shout-outs. Michael Bradley. Of Villanova fame. He made it to the league, did nothing. Um, he turns 40. Uh, Derek Brooks, one of B. Austin's favorite middle linebackers of all time. He turns 46 years old. Another NFL linebacker, Wilbur Marshall, turns 55. One of the homies, Jimmy, from the 93 Phillies team that's beloved more than any team in the history of Philadelphia, even though they didn't even win the World Series. Jim Eisenreich is 58 years old. That makes me feel older than Derek. <laughs> and one of our favorite people, <laughs> one of our favorite things that we like to run, Nate Tiny Archibald. He turns Love Archibald. years old. He was the AI before AI. Just a little bit taller. But shout out to all of these uh, folks on their birthdays. Salute from the war room. It's my birthday. Yay! Uh, now, running a Archer ball, it's a little ironic that he turned 69. Cause I wasn't really in there 69 with Archer ball. <laughs> I didn't even peep that. I didn't even peep that. If Man. you know, you know. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yes, sir. Oh, yeah. Last time that I checked. 
Um, so uh, <laughs> y'all can check out the website, warroomsports.com, if you want to call in and speak with us about any of these playoff series in the NBA that we're about to yap about. Dial us at the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline, 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. If you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. La Costa Nostra. It's time to talk about this thing of ours. And the NBA Wrap is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technology, the you or your business, be a custom website. Well, here's what you do. And, again, I said custom website. Visit digitalextremetech.com. Or call 267-205-4203 and tell them War Room Sports sent you and get you a custom website and get the hookup once you mention us because that's what happens when you mention us. You get the hookup. But it's time to talk about this team of ours. I might even point you in the direction of an Archibald. Yo, the Milwaukee Bucks <laughs> are playing the Detroit Basketball Pistons um, and it's too old now. Um, Freak is punching on people, and very viciously. What yeah, do you guys this, think about this series as far? First of all, this series, first of all, it's a shame. Um, not that I thought Detroit had any shot in this anyway, but any shot that they did have to make it competitive is gone in the way of Blake Griffin's knee. Um, Blake Griffin, we talked about him recently because. So quietly, he's had one of the better seasons. A great season, yeah. you know that that we've seen in a while. And we were sitting here talking last week. I don't remember if it was on air or off air, Jim. We were talking about whether or not he deserves maybe that third team All NBA nod in front of LeBron James this year. Now yeah, we, you know, he gets this far, and he can't even help his team out in the playoffs. So the Bucks are just going, you know, defecate all over the Pistons, and it's a wow. shame because they would. I think they could have maybe gotten one or two games with a healthy Blake Griffin the way that he was playing this season, but uh, <clears throat> they can do with the Bucks right now, and you know as they're currently yeah. constituted. When Drummond is your best player, it's pretty much a wrap, man. When Drummond, Drummond is your best player, you want to take a. <laughs> when Drummond is your best player, you want to take a drubbing, and all I know <laughs> you realize is you realize that like the Bucks in the. Bucks and the freak are gonna run an archibald on you. Yeah. Yo. And uh, the boy, the boy, uh, Giannis. Man, last night I don't know if y'all saw that dunk he had last night, but uh, it was man, similar to the one he had against Ben Ben Simmons. And and you know, Thon Maker is his man. They used to play together. I hear they're real close yeah. friends. So he treated him like a baby last Not night. Not last night. Thon is young boy. <laughs> Yeah, because then yeah, he blocked he his shot. Yeah, that ruined our friendship if somebody dunk on me like that. Like, we used to be cool because he disrespected boy or something. But anyway, man. My question is, they, they when did Giannis get so strong? Like, this dude really season, like They, they said that's ball, one of the like, things he kept working on is his strength because if you look at his first couple of seasons, he was a beanpole. And, I mean, the one thing you can say about this kid is that he takes this crash serious. Like, Hard work and dedication. He's one of these guys who comes back. Yeah, he comes back Balco. every year better. Um, yeah, he, he's went to visit Mamba. He went to Mamba Land to watch him, like, in some videos and cartoons and stuff. And he takes his crash serious. Um, he, he went to visit Barry Bonds, too, see if he has something in the stash. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, but he's definitely strong as I. He just be like posting cats up, and it's like, yo, know, he takes two steps from like half court, and he's dunking on somebody. It's unreal. And yeah. the crazy part is, he don't he don't have no jump shot, but don't nobody care. Anyway, um, nah, <laughs> yeah, exciting. Dude. Anyway, man, Woo! you see that dunk? The Raptors, the Raptors and the Magic, right? So this is the the the, the two and the seven series. The Magic actually shocked everybody and got a game thus far, um, probably because Kyle Lowry had a donut in game one. But um, I don't know if series y'all remember this. One one. <laughs> this is the only series that I called as a sweep. I thought that I thought the Raptors were going to sweep them. I didn't like pan- get in panic mode. I mean, I didn't care. I would rather the Magic win, but but as far as the pick goes, like I didn't get in you know panic mode when the Magic won one. I mean, it's NBA playoffs. You know, they all grown men. They they gonna get a game, but the cream is gonna rise to the top in this series. And then the second game, they dismantled the magic and made it look rather easy. Um, yeah, man, yeah, man. Um, mute, man. He he bought out the whole arsenal in, in that particular Yo, game. Yeah, I've never, seen him all. I've never seen him. And then Kyle Lowry bounced back from his donut. Yo, he got beat down twenty five to nothing by a, a journeyman. Backup point guard. <laughs> Shout out to DJ Augustine. But you Yo, know Kyle Lowry. Know Kyle Lowry is good to lay an egg every once in a while. See, but that's the thing. What's his excuse though? He's not a second year player. So Ben, you know Ben Simmons has had you know a couple of bad games against Boston. One really bad game, and then a pretty bad game in Game One versus the Nets. And people talk like he's a nine year veteran who's a superstar and all NBA player that just can't get it done in the playoffs. You know, it's his second time around and he was thrown right into the fire. What's, what's Kyle Lowry's Yo, excuse? Awesome. And this is the same Kyle Lowry gym that people were awesome. saying, y'all should sign, y'all should give him the max. You know, all I'm saying is Mute came out that next game with a, with a book bag, like the equalizer, and he was putting all kinds of work in, like he was killing them cats. I'm like, Salute to me, yeah. because he's one of them guys. Every time I watch him play, I'm like, damn, I feel like I forget after each game. Like, yeah, he good, he all right, he all right. And then I watch him yeah. playing. Like, Yo, I, it's hard for me to still put him in that um, upper echelon where he belongs. He's earned not, it. I don't know what and it you is. Look at him. It is like how how reserved his game is. It is how reserved his person, his personality is. Like you don't, like you look at a game like that and you're like, yo, this dude has everything. He was running off screens. He was off pin downs. He was taking people off the dribble. Yo. He was Everything. catching shooting. He was posting up. I'm like, yo, he, like, this dude can yo, score in he every does way. Everything. You don't think of mute on when you think of sides, offensive skills. Yo, on both <laughs> sides of the floor, he does everything. He does. He's the most right. well-rounded player in the entire league. Like the board Right, you think of professional scores. You think of, like, Harden. Uh, you, you think of... KD, you even think of Lou Williams. But, yo, you don't think of mute, but then when you look, if you're really looking, this dude has everything. And I'm like, yo, where did he And he plays defense better than defense. all of those guys. <laughs> it's, it's crazy, man. Like, he literally has everything in, in my Kanye voice, man. Everything. Anyway, um, <laughs> shout out to Kanye and us. But, yo, it, it's crazy because, like, I literally forget after every game, I'll watch him be like, yo, this dude is amazing. He's a top five player. 
And then I watch it. I, I, he consistently shocks me with his play because for some reason, I don't know why I just have a, a hard time holding him up to where he should be. So you're saying you watch him play and you be like, yo, he top five. And then you don't watch him play for a week and somebody asks you about your top five and you don't name him. <laughs> just, exactly. weird like that. Yeah. So every time I watch him, I'm like, yo, he the best player in the league. Like sometimes I'm like, yo, he the best player in the league. And then like I don't, then like, a day later, I'm like, yo, he all right. I don't know what it is. <laughs> anyway, man, um, let's talk about the Sixers and the Nets. We talked a little bit about that. They're tied at one of a piece. Um, Nets got the first game. Sixers came back and you know ran an archer ball um, on them and got them out of here. But um, yo, Joel, game one. Everybody was in panic panic mode. Game one. And it was bad that like game one. It always looked like it was one of those games where. You know, the Sixers would get down big. they make a run. they get it close. Like, they got it down to two at one point, but they could never get over that hump. Usually, usually it was like they get it down to six. The Nets were going a little run, and they got it down to two. The Nets went on a run. And I felt that they wasted one of the better games from Jimmy Butler because you saw the, the, the aggressive Jimmy that you look for more so than Jess. I mean, because you always – you. Not always, but you oftentimes see that Jimmy in the fourth quarter when they need it. But this was aggressive Jimmy from start to finish. 36 points, hype, you know, get an and one, scream. Like, you know, Jimmy that you haven't seen that much in Philly. And and they waste that because Joel Embiid wanted to launch three-pointers. It was just one of those games where you're like, yo, y'all, y'all not even – the effort just didn't seem there. It seemed like they kind of took the Nets. They didn't take them seriously, which I wouldn't understand because the Nets gave this team problems in the regular season as is. So I think they felt they were just going to walk out there and grab one, and the Nets, you know, gave them the business. Now in game two, they kind of started off the same way, but when the Nets weren't scoring in, in game one, the Sixers could have gotten some cushion in the beginning of the game, but they weren't taking advantage of the Nets not making shots. This time around, the Sixers came out hot, but the Nets stuck around because these dudes shoot three-pointers like it's layups, like it's going out of style. So they stayed in the game, made a game that looked like the Sixers were dominating a one-point game at the half. And then did y'all hear about the the Brett Brown halftime locker room shenanigans? Um, According to the team, Brett Brown, who's usually a reserve, nice guy, probably too nice for his own good, they said he walked in there, cussed them out, lit a fire on them. People like Jimmy Jimmy Butler kind of turned him on. His, <laughs> he was getting goosebumps. He got, he got yeah, he, <laughs> yeah. Jimmy got Jimmy got moist while Bo was cursing him out. Um, Yo, he gave a he gave a Mel Gibson Braveheart speech. Right. So what do you so what do you do now, Jimmy and B? Like you've done that already. Like that can't be. That's one of those things where. All right, every time they're not playing well, he's going to go in here and, and rip them a new one. Like, it's going to get old. It's not going to have the same effect. So if, if that one curse out doesn't last them, at least throughout the rest of the series, let alone throughout the rest of the playoffs, like, what do you do now to get through to these guys? Because the Sixers seem like that kind of team, so talented, but they need a kick in the ass. They're too talented to, to need yeah. a kick in the ass to go out there and kick somebody's ass. But it seems like they need that. So, so what does he do oh, now? Really come out the same way. Yeah, they say Pat Riley was a master, like a master motivator. He used to like draw and like do random stuff to get his team up. Like, 
hide money, all kinds of weird stuff. If you read the stories about Pat Riley, him and Phil Jackson were the two best guys at uh, unconventional motivation. So Phil, I, Jackson, uh, Phil Jackson will put a picture of your mom up there and say, you know. Phil Jackson will say your best game ever and then go in the media and call you trash. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> call you uncoachable. Oh, you just won five tips for you. <laughs> you uncoachable. Oh, and then come back and coach so you again. So what do you what do you think? You get mad, try prove wrong. Very good. You get mad, try prove wrong by by scoring eighty one. Many, but anyway, many um, shooting guards better than Kobe Bryant. Many. Yo, what's wrong? <laughs> Kobe was all right tonight. I mean, you know, but there's so many better guards in the minute. He has to try to play at that level. Many, many, but many anyway, better guards. Phil left the Lakers. Wrote a book. <laughs> Called Kobe all kind of petulant children, and it came back and coached him again because it motivated him. <laughs> yeah, it worked. Yeah. Film, so I'll, uh, Brett, Brett got to like pull some tricks out of his bag because that's the problem. You see, it's kind of the gift and the curse, right? So you have a young team that has ran off these two straight years in a row, but now you have a young team that's won fifty games off, so you really can't tell them nothing because they start to think it's easy. Can't nobody tell and me nothing. Hank was pointing out. Hank was telling me, I was talking about how, um, you know, Ben's biggest is one weakness is his jump shot. He was like, he also just looks times and, like, just goes through slumps yeah. where he's just not into the game. And, you know, that's, like, it's too easy. He's bored. That's why we have two but names anyway. for him. Like, we like in the beginning of the game when aggressive Ben shows up. We don't like nonchalant Ben Simmons. Like, no, we need we need that. We don't like we don't like Kardashian Ben. We like Scavy Scavy said Brett Brown can go all any given Sunday, pretend you're at home <laughs> and go to the trash can. Remember he was talking to, to Jamie, pretend you're back on the block. Yeah. <laughs> told him to go remember, to the Buick. Remember <laughs> Y'all remember Ray Rose y'all remember Ray Rose got in trouble when they um filmed him trying to give a speech to hype the team up? And he was like, Those cowboys out there, they raping your wife. They raping your yeah. children. I don't remember that. I don't remember Ray Rose. Yo, like yeah, it's, it's, back, it's back when Ray, it was when Ray Rose coached the Eagles. His ass got in trouble for that because somebody was having to be filming him. And he was trying to get the team. And he was like, you know, tell them how the Cowboys want to rape the kids and their, and their wives. Cowboys took it personally. He can't say that about us. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, anyways, so I don't know what he does, man. Um. But what do you think about, like, Joe and Ben laughing post-game? Like, these guys are young boys. Like I said, it's a gift and a curse. So, what do you do with that? Uh, I mean, you're right. I mean, because that's what it is. Like, because that's one of the things when Jimmy always – when he always reining us in, when we talking about the young boys, he's like, y'all know damn well if that was us. I Yeah. Like, if, me, if we were in a press conference, like, we probably have been laughing and acting stupid too. But absolutely, the thing that everybody's getting mad about because it happened during an apology for that elbow for that Shaquille O'Neal to Dikembe that um <laughs> that uh, Joel gave out to Jared Allen during the game. But I, I think it, it's just like you said earlier, Jimmy, where the media wants to make a bigger deal out of something than it really was, because Joel actually told us why he was laughing at least. And and no, he he told us why Ben was laughing too because after a while he was like, yeah, he's laughing because I'm usually more humble. 
Because basically, when he's talking about I apologize, that's when Ben starts laughing because Ben knows, like, come on, that ain't even how you talk. So I, I don't even, like, I don't even disbelieve what he said. But even with that explanation, you know, everybody wanted to take it all. Oh, they being disrespectful. They laughing about the elbow and this and that. Jalen, I heard Jalen Rose say, yeah, um, you know, I don't like how they laughing. And that elbow could have been a fatal blow. I'm like, oh, God, now you're going to kill the dude with the elbow. <laughs> Like, y'all just sensationalized everything. It could have been a fatal blow. Come on, Jalen. <laughs> if the Kimbe ain't dead, the Rudy Tom it ain't nobody dying. Because the Kimbe should have yeah, died four yo, times said, yo, in the Dad, finals in 2000. Time. How many days since the NBA has been drama? Like, yo, drama-free, like zero. <laughs> anyway, Yo, man, he said a fatal um, blow. That is joke going to kill me. <laughs> yo, yo Joel tried to catch your body. <laughs> Um, the Celtics yeah, are facing the Celtics lead 2-0 it's funny how the Celtics lead 2-0 right and the Patriots have these last the game but somehow me watching this series I'm still impressed with the Patriots because they shouldn't even be in these games like they shouldn't be in the playoffs I look at the Patriots roster and wonder how they play this stuff yeah, how are they in the playoffs? How do they play this stuff when they got like, yo, they got a a, a team from Gus and Lake out there? <laughs> I just want to know the where the going. How you, how you just said they have like, like they'll play tough the whole game, but they'll have one quarter where they lapse, and then you know Kyrie takes over and does his thing. It's like no. that's kind of what you expect because when they're like you said when they're playing that well, you're questioning to yourself. Yo, how are they playing it well? And there's no way they can keep this up. And then you end up being right because they can't keep it up. Yeah. And then, you know, you're feeling sorry for them at the end of the game because, like, yo, they played tough. Like, they're not NBA yo, cats. You treat them like. <laughs> yo, yo, Kyrie was. Byrie. Murdered. Byrie. And salute the blood. Byrie has, um, like, stretches in games where he looks like the best point guard ever. Like, he just. He, he goes through stretches where it's like, yo, this boy is nasty. Yes, he does. Yo, that's exactly. He looked like Isaiah Thomas mixed with Mark Price mixed with Strickland. <laughs> yo, the ball, the ball goes through. Like, yo, he's every great point guard ever. Yeah. Well, shout out to the Pacers. Y'all tried, but it's going to be hard yeah, for them to even get it. one. Um, um, the Warriors. Uh, so in the Western Conference, the number one seed Warriors are playing the Clippers is actually one one. So this KD and Beverly has been like the story. Outside of Cousins going down and missing the rest of the playoffs, story of this uh, series so far has been Patrick Beverly, um, who's gotten under Katie's skin. Father Katie, ungodly, had him ejected in the first game. Um, <laughs> you know, had him commit nine turnovers the second game, a game in which the Warriors were up by and like, and didn't end up losing. Yeah, KD took eight shots and had nine turnovers in the game. I mean, you can kind of, like, they were, he, he even explained it. Like, I, I learned a lot from the from KD's um, press conference, and it's because he wasn't being all standoffish to the media. He actually talked and explained some things, and what he said kind of made sense. Um, I still need to see him go out there and prove that Patrick Beverly isn't in his head, though, because dude is a pest. And he will get under your skin if you got thin skin. And we know he has a history of having thin skin. 
But as far as the shots go, the like finish. that's understandable because he was like, you know, we were up 30 points. There really was no reason for him to be out there jacking. But at some point when they're, you know, chopping this lead down, it's time to go out there and hold him back. Like you can't, he said he had yeah. five shots when they were up 31 points. All right. I feel you on that. You ended with eight though. And they came back from a 31 point deficit and beat you. So that's where you go out here's, bucking if you're supposed to be the best player in the league. Here's the thing, though. You don't let that happen. What I found interesting about that interview is that he definitely did open up more than he usually does. But the funny thing is he's always said, I don't mind answering your questions if you're asking me basketball questions. But, and it's kind of proof of it. Like, listen, if you ask him something about the X's and O's of the game, he'll get all into it. He just hates when they well, be like, yo, how you feel about Westbrook doing this? So they ask him all them TME type questions. Yeah, I mean, but you can't be out there tweeting with burner accounts and then don't expect to get asked about it. <laughs> this is a, you can't give a reason to ask you TMZ questions. Yeah, you're drawing you're absolutely right, right about that. But he and shout out to um, very, um, very well. Shout out to Boogie, man, who probably lost another bag getting hurt again. Yeah. It's, it's probably man, it might Boogie be good for y'all, though, Jim, because he might end up in L.A. if he don't find his way back to the Golden State Warriors. He, you might end yeah, up, you know, y'all might probably, end up getting him on the discount. Yeah, he gonna end up being hurt every five games, so it don't matter. Um, that's his new, Boogie, that's his Boogie, new twist. Boogie, Boogie turned down a max deal from Sacramento and ain't been the right since. So, you know, and the, sometimes and that Sacramento gotta, team is improving. This year's Sacramento team with Boogie on. probably would have been in the playoffs. Absolutely. Sometimes you gotta get the Devin Booker on to take that bread and say forget when. <laughs> but anyway, um, <laughs> yo, yeah. after the game two collapsed, seventy point trade. A big Welvin his went to Twitter and let her hands go. New Earth hashtag New Earth. Yeah, um, and she retweeted. She retweeted a lot of negative stuff about KD. So, Welvin coming at KD through his mama. <laughs> Real quick, we gotta run through this. So I just want to give a, a quick update that um you know the Nuggets are tied with the Spurs. Series is boring. Uh, the Spurs are bad for basketball because they bore me to death. Um, number three Blazers lead the Thunder two zero. Dame is giving Russ everything that um like he's taking it personal and trying to destroy Russell Well. Uh, the yeah, Rockets. Because I think that's the person he does take most personal. Because Russ was out yeah. there telling him at the foul line, I've been busting that ass for years. And Dame was like, all right. <laughs> Yo, he definitely did say that. Yeah. <laughs> up on the Jazz two zero, um, they can't do nothing with Harden. I don't even know what they can do. I have no advice for him because Bull's in the Bull's in the Matrix right now. He's somewhere else. By the, so, by um, the trash. That's uh, real man, quick but, before you sign off, Jim. I just gotta let people know. I gotta let the Austin know too. My youngin was right. Everybody thought he was crazy when he said that uh, the Clippers were gonna get a game. He got his game. And he got a five dollar bet on the line that the Nuggets gonna beat the Spurs, so he needs a Ball Nugget kick. to win. He already betting at seven years old. Mybookie.ag. Tell your Celtic. Yo, you stole up on the thing. Tell him mybookie.ag for Young Celtic. Anyway, man. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat, Facebook, Twitter, however you got through to us, we appreciate it. Those who couldn't get through, my apologies, but you know we had a lot to talk about. Um, listen, keep keep in tune with us all week long through social media. It's right back here next week. We're going to talk NBA playoffs and lead right up to the NFL draft. So until then, enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the start of next week. And, you know, remember, the hub, warroomsports.com. Check everything we do, social media, all of our content, warroomsports.com. 
Keep my book, Sports the Book, book.com or at the hub of worldsports.com. So until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.